Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Market Mumble. My name is Alvin Cruz. I'm here with Taylor Zick and Frank Harris, and we're going to be discussing this week's market news. So what happened this week? Um, Crazy week. A lot happened this week. A lot happened this week. A lot of repeat topics, like with oil, with uh, 10-year, but definitely important things. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the S&P fell almost about a 1% this week. Um, You know, it was relatively... I feel like quiet week about midweek till the end, but uh, I mean the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were like boom. yeah. Beginning of the week was uh, was pretty interesting. So um, I mean, just look at some. Of course, I mean like I always like the data. So looking at some of the data, um, you know, we saw some pretty good uh, industrial production out of China coming in higher than expected at seven percent versus six point four. Uh, German GDP came in a little bit higher than expected, as well as French um, CPI um, coming in uh, 10 basis points above expectations. Um, you know, Eurozone GDP was in line 2.5%. Uh, U.S. retail sales were kind of weak, actually, uh, during this week, which is, um, you know, gave some volatility to the, the retail sector. Um, and then, you know, Japan, we got that shock number out of G, uh, for GDP out of Japan. I think it was uh, uh, down 0.2 versus, um, you know, supposed to be flat. Uh, but their industrial production came in higher than expected. Um, you know, Eurozone inflation came in as well. And then the building permits in the United States were good, but the housing starts were poor. So, um, you know, we also saw the 10-year, the um, you know, continue to, to rise this week. Um, mainly at the beginning of the week, we kind of leveled off. Um, towards the end of the week but i mean it climbed up to um past 3.1 percent yeah which that's a huge level to hit um one yeah if we want to go into that now um what the level that i'm scared about is because it, it, it's, it's about three one now when it once it hits three three that's when i think people are going to start panicking. Yeah. yeah and i mean markets um are really watching kind of you know these moves in the interest rates which you know look i was looking at the sector performance for this week and i was saw was you know really interesting that um, you know, interest rate sector, interest rate sensitive sectors such as financials um, underperformed uh, this week. But the interest rate, you know, rising interest rates are good for financials, so they shouldn't be underperforming. But uh, interest rate um, sensitive sectors such as utilities and real estate um, trusts actually underperformed as well. So it's kind of weird to see that divergence between those interest rate sensitive, you know, sectors and um, um, you know, the ones that should be doing good in rising interest rates. Yeah. And wh- what about the banks and the financials? How do they do? They they were down. Yeah, they, they were, were down. down the yeah, week. they were down. I mean, um, you know, there, the there was a lot of inflow into the one with there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to, it was you actually earlier yeah. today. Um, actually, you know, I didn't get the numbers for this week, but a large portion last week, I think it was almost 10 billion flew into flow, flowed into, I don't know why I keep saying flown, but it flowed into roughly 10 billion flowed into financials this week. So I'm sorry, last week. So, um, you know, there's, I think there's some movement around in the financials. It's pretty interesting to see right now. I think, I think they'll continue to head higher down the road. I think, you know, they're kind of consolidating at this point, but, um, you know, this week financials, uh, like we said, the market was down, but roughly 1% financials were down almost one and a half percent. So we can brought out perform uh, under performance. Yeah. So what do you think about the bond market? Cause a lot of people are thinking that, you know, this isn't really such a bull market for the bear market or for the bond market anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Cause interest rates, um, you know, we've been in this very long trend of, of declining interest rates, you know, from, from the eighties, you know, now we're starting to bottom out. Um, you know, a lot of people are calling, you know, a long period of rising interest rates now. So I think, you know, the, the bull market for the bond market, um, it's kind of over. You know, yeah, it might be coming to an end yeah. now. It's probably just going to you know, turn into a bear market with the rising interest rates. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey Gunlatch, the chief investment officer of Double Line Capital, he said, to, he said to Bloomberg earlier this week that if the 30-year yield hits and passes 3.22%, that's pretty much the end of the bull market for the, the bonds. For bonds. Yeah, yeah, for bonds. Yeah, I mean, plus at that point with the rising interest rates, you know, people are going to start moving money out of stocks into bonds. Yeah, you know the higher rates, so. and there was there was also um, a Bloomberg survey done of about forty nine analysts, um, and it was for the thirty year, and they're expecting twenty eighteen to end at three point four percent. And also, if we look at the yield rates more and more, the yield curve is starting to get closer and closer to the flat line, and then eventually. Well, negative. I mean, we still got fifty basis points of spread in between that. I mean, yeah, and you've seen normal, how you've normal seen levels. How, you, correct. Yeah, but you've seen how quickly it's moved over the past two weeks. 
But we're um, still maintaining that 50 point 50 for now. Basis point. For now. Okay. Um, but that's that's the other thing to look at too because we're no longer in a big growth area. I think we're getting close to the mid or end point of the economic cycle. But if you think interest rates are going to keep moving up, then you have to think that we're still going to be expanding, especially if we're going in a long-term interest rate rise. You know, interest rates aren't just going to rise based off of no global growth. You know, no no reason to raise interest rates if we don't need to. So, I mean, as the global economy grows, um, you know, to be honest, I don't know exactly where the world economy is going. But if we're, you know, beginning our uh, cycle of long-term rising interest rates, then, um, you know, you have to say, you know, kind of think maybe we'll have some growth going in the future. I mean, um, global economy is expanding. China is turning into services economy, just like the United States. A lot of people are saying that, um, you know, India might turn, you know, might be moving towards where China was in the early 2000s. So, um, you know, I mean, we could very well be on another um, end of, you know, a big exp- or the beginning of a big expansion in the world economy. But I don't think um, so. I mean, every every business cycle doesn't end like 2008 or the tech bubble burst, you know, recessions are just slowdowns in the economy. It's not always a crash. Yeah, so, you're I mean, right. Yeah, you could if, have if a recession and continue going, but I don't think we're going to have a huge recession um, yet. like we did in 2008. Yeah. Because once once the 10-year, or once the yield curve actually inverts, you still have about six months or so before anything catastrophic. Well, yeah, I mean, I have that Excel. You, I've shown yeah, you that yeah, Excel yeah. where we had um, roughly two years, or I'm sorry, like a year and a half before right. we saw major recession issues when the yield curve inverted. So, you know, it's not always, you know, um, the next day we're going to crash, yeah, but sure. it's, it's always something to watch. It's and with you, with you, so when you mentioned that um, people start taking their money out of stocks, um, so uh, there was another thing from Credit Suisse that they said at 3.5% yield uh, for 10-year, it'll spur a stock exit. Um, and they actually said at 3.5%, it would push people out of stocks and back into treasuries. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'll be interesting when it does near that because obviously that liquidity has got to come from somewhere and, you know, we, we can kind of sit here and kind of postulize what, what our investor is going to be selling off to put into bonds. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting too is Jamie Dimon just earlier and also Franklin Templeton, they also suggested yields are heading towards 4%. Um, but what's but Bank of America, their asset managers are waiting for the yield to hit 3.6% to reallocate from stocks to bonds. So I think there's a lot of different levels where people are like keying in and getting ready to get out. Where would you start putting money in to bonds? Into bonds? Yeah. Um, I don't know because it's interesting as, as the 10 year is going to, is going up, corporates are also rising as well. Um, so I would ta- I would have to take a look at the corporate space to see what's going on there. Well, corporate yields are usually higher. Yeah, than they're usually higher. Yeah, the, um, the treasuries. I would have to find something that, that that's good because. Well, what about treasuries? If you had to put money into treasuries into a ten year, into a ten year, what would you put in? You know, I don't know. I I would probably go for the three eight five, three point eight five, because at that point I think that's at a good spot where it's not to the point where it's at four yet, where everybody's going to be buying. Yeah. But it's right around that area. I mean, three point eight five percent year per year. That's guaranteed. I'll accept that. What about you, Elvin? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure because uh, the way the way the feds are raising interest rates, which is pretty good because they're doing it gradually. You know, we could probably hit, see a three point four, three point five uh, interest rate this year. But you know, with bonds, I probably you know I'd probably follow Frank on this one and just you know look for the 3.8 yeah yeah what about you all right the question is would you put would you buy a 100 year treasury <laughs> depends what rate i don't know but would you the, just the idea of locking that away for 100 you years you expect to live to I mean, obviously you can still sell it but would you yeah, still I mean, you put it in you, a 50 you year hand it down or to your grandchildren years? yeah <laughs> here's a treasury <laughs> i would i don't know it depends on what rate because if it's at like four percent or four and a half i'm not gonna buy a hundred year i would if it's at like eight or nine percent of course i'm going to i'll buy the hundred year and hang on to that because i i don't know it all it depends on a lot of things hundred years what what about like short ter- uh short <laughs> short-term bonds you know the two year just hit the highest levels that it it's been at in 10 years what would you you know tell some rookie investors or some you know some people i mean i I feel like you can still put money into the two-year treasuries um because i mean it it is two years so it's not going to be moving as much as like a 10-year 
um, obviously because we revert back to, um, you know, as as the, um, how am I trying to think? Not the expiration date. The uh, maturity. Maturity. Thank you. The maturity date near is obviously we're gonna we're gonna um, pull back towards that. So I mean, um, I mean two years probably if you're putting money away. I wouldn't buy long 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 term bonds right now, especially in rising interest rates. But no, definitely not. Yeah. I would I would not be in the bond market at this point um maybe in the short terms like maybe the the one month or three months Um, i mean that'd be interesting because i mean a lot of people don't expect a lot to happen over the summer so i mean if you do play the may go away selling may go away you can put some money into that i think it may be an interesting play to buy a short term like a three month right now and then sell it because i mean obviously they're not going to just going to straight up they'll take little bounces on the way up right so if you buy the three uh, three month at the peak and then sell it like a month later when they're back down again that might be an interesting play too mm-hmm. yeah bonds are interesting yeah it, it definitely a, i mean the i like the bond market because it's such a bigger market than the actual equities and there's a lot more money into it equities and dells <laughs> yeah whatever um, if anyone's read that book you would know what i'm talking about so. <laughs> okay so the other big news too is oil. Um, I know we talked a lot about it last week, but oil Brent crude hitting eighty dollars a barrel. Um, that's a big thing, and a lot of more talk was um, going around this week about it. Um, what do you, What do you think about that, Taylor? Um, I mean, oil's still having a good run. I still think we'll we'll have like a correction phase here because oil's up quite a bit um, since the beginning of the year. So. Um, I don't know. I, I think um, I think we'll stay in a range. Uh, I think, you know, we talked about this last week. You know, I think personally, I think oil is going to be within 70, 80 uh, for the next few months. But um, I Do, see, are we talking I, WTI or Brent? Yeah, I'm taking WTI. I don't really watch Brent too much. But I mean, I know you're the oil guy and you're flipping through your OPEC monthly report. So why don't you give us a little juice on what you think about the oil market? Yeah. So one one interesting thing, I'm trying to find the right page, but one interesting thing that's um, that what's going on is even with the big thing that's been happening with oil markets, OPEC still hasn't said anything about um, ending their cuts early, um, which is great for oil markets because the longer those cuts are in place, that means the higher the price. So the longer they have those cuts, the better. Um, and they haven't mentioned anything. They, now they do have a meeting coming up, I believe this week, or not not this week, sorry, this coming month. Um, so I'm guessing they're going to mention something about that then, but interesting thing yeah i mean uh, you know we've been rallying um i don't want to say we've been rallying but we've been taking the rise in oil prices pretty well in the market um you know i'm kind of like just wondering what when are we going to start to get concerned about you know because in, in late 2015 early 2016 we're all freaking about oh my god oil prices are crashing you know the market was tanking along with it and you know ultimately you know oil prices are good energy wasn't a large part of our our, our uh, um, market at that point but you know do, do you have any opinions you know when are we going to start worrying about the rising inflation from the rising oil prices yeah so I, i'm not too sure much about the inflation but on the consumer standpoint and also on the the um economic standpoint once once gas prices are at about three dollars um, per gallon that's when companies start worrying and are that's we getting, when are we getting there what, what are the kind of the gas prices um, are? i would have to look it up i feel I like mean, it's I, like two, I'll, I'll tell you what i, I paid premium and i paid 50 bucks to <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh so it's, it's not cheap guys wait wait what kind of car do you drive again? uh you know it's a lexus but oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no big deal you know <laughs> but you know the thing is one thing I have noticed is that consumers continue just to they're they're continuing their normal lives or buying, you know, nothing in regards to gas prices is really mm-hmm. affecting the consumer market. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think three dollars would probably be the point where you start to get concerned. I mean, I was up in Chicago this week and, um, uh, you know, gas prices were about three dollars. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're a lot different. The the Illinois uh, gas tax is different, but. Um, you know, or uh, grass prices up there are raising about three dollars. So, so um, um, I just pulled it up, and I mean, this is just from gasprices.triplea.com. So I don't know how accurate that is, but yesterday the average was two dollars and ninety cents. Also, we're getting close. Um, a week ago it was two eighty-five. So it's going up. In a, a month ago, and it was at two seventy. So yeah. it's going up at a pretty rapid price. Up. So I think once it hits that three dollars, that's when you'll start seeing it in the companies reports yeah um, especially things for like walmart target um businesses like that who mm-hmm. rely on a lot of transportation 
Um, I think that's where you're going to start seeing it. But so the big thing with oil is, um, and not, so Brent hit $80 a barrel. That's a big deal. The WTI is hitting, I mean, they're all hitting highs of previous 2014. But the big news is, um, is the spread between the two. So the spread between WTI and Brent. Um, so an OPEX monthly report that came out in on the 14th of May, um, they have it at um, the spread between the two in April was $5.44 per barrel. Looking at a current report from Bloomberg that just came out, the most recent is $7.73 per barrel. So a big increase in just less than a month um, between the spread of WTI and Brent. And that's due to West Texas Intermediate, um, the WTI having bearish fundamentals um, and prices and Brent rising higher than prices in WTI. So why does that matter? Um, makes a big difference for local U.S. companies because if they're getting a higher price on oil with Brent in international space, they're going to sell that oil in the international space rather than in the U.S. and they're going to get a higher price there. Um, so that's why that matters for U.S. companies. Um, what else do you have to add on to that? I mean, that, that's about it. I think oil's, um, you know, been been really interesting lately. I was actually just, um, you know, trying to compare. Um, if I can get it up here, um, you know, the, we haven't been talking about it lately, but the rise in the U.S. dollar, um, you know, the the dollar has been rising quite a bit compared to oil. So, you know, at what point does you know crude starts to get affected by oil? Because really, it's been converging. Crude gets affected by oil. Oh, crude, <laughs> crude is gets starts to get affected by the U.S. dollar. But um, I mean, I think we're still far off. Oil, uh, the U.S. dollar has a good run, uh, so I don't know if we'll start to correct a little bit. But um, well, you know, oil, oil going in the future is something to watch at definitely. Yeah, and this is the so this this quote is from um, Michael Tran, a commodity strat strategist at RBC. Um, he was saying that when you think about it with the pipeline bottlenecks happening in the U.S., these barrels have to be priced to sell and you have to keep that export window open. The bottom line here is the WTI Brent spread will ultimately remain relatively wide over the course of the summer. So a lot of sentiment is put out there saying that oil is not going to go down anytime soon. Um, Goldman also has been saying that demand will remain strong over concerns of economic growth. Um, so there's a lot of sentiment out there that oil prices are not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, are, you, are you expecting by the end of the year that, you know, we could be seeing $100 barrels or... I don't know. You know that's, so that's definitely interesting because I, I... if So actually, there's an article on that um, on how it would affect everything. So there's an article put out on Bloomberg just recently saying oil at $100 a barrel won't hurt the world economy as much as it did in 2011. Um, and I'll just read a little bit from this article. Um, this was an analysis done by Bloomberg Economics estimated that oil touching the triple digit mark would sit, shave 0.4% off of US GDP pro, um, in 2020 compared to that's with a baseline of 70, $75 a barrel. Um, so you can see that, I mean, 0.4 of GDP, sure GDP is a big factor and the smallest percentage point changes everything, but 0.4 with $75 a barrel isn't that much of a change. So Morgan Stanley thinks oil is headed to $90 a barrel. Um, Bank of America thinks it's headed to about 100 Goldman Wells Sachs. Fargo says it's heading to $2 a barrel. Goldman Sachs still thinks there's strong demand for oil. There's a lot of things that are happening with the oil markets. Um, and I think that geopolitical risks are going to play a big part in the next several months. Um, but I think that this summer and the rest of the year is going to be big for oil. Um, and it will affect the economy a lot. So. I totally, uh, I, and we, we may see it in the next or because since since this earnings season is kind of coming to a close i think we're going to see a lot more mentions about it in next earnings um i know chess yeah sorry just to mention chesapeake real quick so chesapeake one of a big oil company oil and gas company um in the last two weeks or so they've gone up about 44 to 50 percent in two weeks crazy they reported earnings um they're in a lot of trouble, but I mean, their earnings were fantastic. So I think we're going to see a lot of this, a lot of, especially a lot of oil companies reporting fantastic, uh, earnings in the next, next earnings, um, cycle marathon. I know is a big one that's coming out. Um, but I also start 
I, I also think the higher prices of oil will eventually start to hit the consumer side too. Um, and also the other companies that will be reporting that rely on oil, like airlines and, um, Walmart and things like that. So what, what else do we have to I look mean, at? No, I, t- I totally agree. But you know, uh, you know, something else, you know, earlier this week, stocks were lifted by the retail section and, uh, you know, Macy's, one of the, one of the corps that was, outperforming surge 11 percent this uh, first quarter and even target and uh unfortunately you know home depot wasn't able to meet their sales but i still have a really bullish view on home depot what do you think taylor yeah i got a i got a bullish uh view on home depot still um you know reading through their their press release and listening to their conference call um i mean <coughs> Um, I mean, Home Depot got a lift after their conference call. So just, you know, looking at a few things in the quarter, um, Home Depot reported sales of $24.9 billion um, for the, the quarter. Um, came in a little bit light. They're expecting $25.1. Um, but they had a positive uh, 4.2% uh, percent, uh, comps uh, sales uh, for the first quarter. Um, in the U.S., they were 39 uh, 4.2 was a little bit light. Uh, they were expecting 5.2 expected. Um, so, I mean, it was a little light for the quarter, but, um, you know, if you look through their conference call, you know, they had, it was one of the coldest winters and one of the roughest winters, um, or I'm sorry, springs in global warming. In <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on. <laughs> so you were saying, you know, spring and yeah, the, so the I bad mean, weather. It was one of the coldest, uh, springs we've had in, uh, nearly 20 years. So, um, you know, they really took a hit, especially in their garden department and in their northern uh, segment, because the north is their largest segment. Um, you know, in the south and the west, we're... Yeah, uh, that Lowe's. We're, um, yeah, if you want to shop in trashy stores. Dude, Lowe's is great. Yeah, what do you... I, go I, sh- do you shop at Walmart for your clothes, too? No, I like Lowe's, right, so I like Lowe's <laughs> over Home Depot any day. Oh, can Lowe's deliver all your goods in two hours? Probably. No, they can't. Um, so I mean, <laughs> so I mean, Home Depot. I, I like Home Depot. They 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 had a, a decent quarter. Yeah, they were hit a little bit, but um, you know, in their in their quarter, they mentioned their May um, store comps were double digits for just May so far. So we can see that the the traffic is rebounding um, in the stores because of the cold winter uh, or spring. So you know, I have faith in the company going forward. Um, I own shares to be uh, fully. Um, fully transparent but i own shares in the company i'll probably buy more if they dip anymore um so know, going I forward so i, I mean i mean home depot does have a rich valuation but i think they have a long long runway in front of them so earlier you mentioned that um building permits were up but housing starts were down mm-hmm. so do you think that'll have an effect on home depot yeah of course um I also mean, sorry to add on to that question lumber prices have gone up what what was it like 66 percent in the last 12 months i think mm-hmm. how, how is that going to have an effect on home depot um, I mean, obviously, it has an effect on Home Depot. Uh, Home Depot did report they had a 144 basis point gain um, in, uh, I think it was their operating income uh, because of higher prices that they were getting for these goods from consumers. So, I mean, it does benefit them, but there's points, obviously, where it won't. Um, but, I mean, uh, what, if, what you take you a look at, if you take a look at our housing market, we still have a low supply of housing. Um, and as, as um, you know, houses become more expensive to build because of lumber and all the, the um, materials that go into it, the existing homes uh, that are on the markets will need improvements. And I think that's where Home Depot will, will uh, really improve um, you know, their sales. And people are going to be wanting to improve their homes. Uh, they saw really good growth in their appliances and their uh, kitchen fixtures flooring so we're seeing good growth from uh home improvements but um a really interesting about home depot you know reading through their their conference call is that um you know they're working directly with with contractors and and, uh, professionals in this industry now um you know they saw a double digit growth in that working with them versus just you know the home improvement people so um you know in my opinion i think home depot is a good company they're investing greatly in technology um really you know innovating you know changing um you know, their business plan, because, I mean, Amazon will find a way, let's be honest. So I'm, I love how Home Depot is, you know, I'm, working to improve yeah, their business. I did want to touch up on that because they are ahead of the curve. You know, you don't see Amazon delivering lumber yet or anything like that. And, you know, like you said, they are trying to invest in the future. 
they're trying to invest on their customers. They and you know I know Frank did mention Lowe's, but you know Home Depot is killing it right now on their e-commerce, and uh, you know Lowe's has to catch up. But you know I I do agree though that uh, that Home Depot is definitely bullish. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, so I'm right. I know you don't follow lumber too much. Maybe you start should in the future. <laughs> um, but okay. So lumber right now it's at six twenty four per thousand board feet. What what's the price? where you think it starts hurting Home Depot because consumers don't have or aren't willing to spend um, a certain price on lumber. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lumber expert, but I read through their conference call and they said they had a benefit from the increased inflation lumber prices. Okay. So, I mean, obviously an increase in, they can't keep raising that price forever. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to do research. I'm not not an expert on lumber, but you um, should be. I mean, Trump did put. I'll cover Trump, oil. You cover Trump, lumber. Trump. No, I'm an airlines person. Um, I mean, Trump did. They build airplanes with wood, don't they? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm airplanes. just kidding. I mean, Trump did impose tariffs on uh, Canadian lumber for some reason. Yeah. So um, lumber. So, I mean, that's probably why the, there's a bit been a bit increase in the prices of lumber. The one year change in lumber is sixty nine point seven percent. It's pretty crazy. But tariffs. you know, Home Depot did mention that they did see sales growth in all U.S. regions, Canada and Mexico. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing strong growth across the industry. And I mean, if I look out my window right now, I see, oh, a lot of home improvements out here. Oh, they just repainted that entire apartment complex. Are they building oh, a little downtown right business. now yeah, Water Street? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they got one, a bunch of new campuses, uh, building more. I went home. There's a house being built right next door to me. The airports are expanding. People need stuff. Yeah. Home Depot. I'm long. I don't know about Lowe's. Um, I'm not a fan of Lowe's, but well, you I should like be Home you Depot. should be looking into them because they're Home Depot's number one competitor. Well, I mean, Home Depot is still top of the pack for now. How, how long is that going to last, though? Because you know, Amazon won't be. So I, mean, no, I, no, I think. I, uh, hold on, hold on. I want to comment on this. Um, you know, I think Home Depot is taking steps already to combat uh, Home Depot. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> to, Home Depot is taking steps to combat Amazon right now. I mean. the they're offering the two two-hour deliveries, four-hour deliveries for all their products. So I mean, yeah, Amazon does have the two-hour deliveries, but you know, um, lumber. They can't do lumber. I mean, that's so. the that's the tough thing because some. So the the people who are, are experienced and know what they're doing with all those home goods, um, not yeah, home, I guess you can call them home goods. When you go to Home, home Depot, appliance. yeah, yeah, and you buy stuff. Uh, the people who are experienced, they don't really need to be in the store to have hands-on to actually look at it and get advice because they can. They, yeah, but that's why they're, they're developing online and their web app. Right. So, but the people who aren't like retail, um, the the people who go in and like, oh, I want to build a garden. What do I need to do? Or I need a new fridge. What do I do? And so there's a lot of people. I think a, a pretty good amount of people who who go to Home Depot and to Lowe's and don't really know what they're looking for. So I think that's the benefit that they have with all the different um, retail spaces that they have. And yeah. also, um, yeah, I agree. I agree for that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the business model that Best Buy brick and mortar. That's, that's, yeah, a, that's the word. I, was mortar, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that Best Buy switched for more electronics. I mean, they do offer some still, but they offer, you know, big ticket items now fridges, they offer washer dryers. So, I mean, it's things you can't really buy online, but you know, you go in stores, look at them. Cause you want to check it out. One. You exactly. Get, I mean, you're not like, going to buy a car online. I know they have that now. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't buy a car online. I don't know about you guys, but I'd blue um, book it first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we also said the same thing about clothes. Oh, you have to go in the store to try it on. But now, look what's happening with... Yeah, I bought some clothes online. Exactly. But you know what? Those were tailored shirts, so I know they're going to fit. Yeah. But So, I don't I mean, know. I think it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, th- I, 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 don't, I think Amazon will try to take some shots at it to see if they can conquer it, but I, it's going to be tough. Maybe yeah. maybe more so tailored to like the... Or maybe they'll acquire Home Depot. Yeah, but but no, their brick-and-mortar presence has so. just only begun, and you know... Home Depot has what twenty three hundred stores right now. Yeah, but roughly. Definitely, that will be a huge impact, like you said, Frank. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, what else we got, Alvin? Shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can roll right into it. You know, I, I I pull out the dice right now, and we can talk a little bit about the gambling situation. Oh, oh definitely. Yes, that was interesting. Yeah. Huge thing. So, Supreme Court came out, and they ruled that all states can now legalize sports gambling. Um, so it's not legal in every single state yet. They still have to put it through the state legislature, but it's a big deal. Um, this opens up a huge market. I know a lot. So I, I actually have a lot on this. Um, 
I yes, know a, Frank gambles quite a bit. No, I don't. Especially in the market. No, he has no he has no money. <laughs> is he putting money on cryptos now? Oh, well, he's all no, cryptos. Not a chance. A little bit of drives. Not a chance. A little bit of Ar- Argentinian bonds. I'm I like horse racing mostly because in a way, horse racing kind of reflects the stock market. You do your research, you find a horse that has good numbers and good statistics, and you place a value bet on it, kind of like you place a value trade on a stock. So I see a a big um similarity between that and horse racing so but i mean sports betting is kind of similar too because you're betting on the value of that company or on, of that uh sport team during so what the yankees are playing the mets you look at the statistics see who you think is going to win and yeah. place your bet yeah but i mean i, I guess so um, there's some there's similar but i mean how do you determine a i mean gamble doesn't have any value no you can't place a value on it but you can look at the players this guy is better than this guy but okay, so I, I mean, now I, I think there's a lot of research that goes behind it, but it's a it's definitely a big opportunity. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry. It has yeah. the potential to be a multi-billion-dollar so, industry. Yeah, so that's what I really want to touch on because I w- there there's some people that are saying, oh, it's only a ten or twenty billion-dollar increase to the market. But if you look in Europe, so in in England, they William Hill is one of the biggest sports books in Europe, and that industry is about a hundred sixty about hundred sixty billion-dollar market. And that's huge. And so that's coming to the U.S. also in, much, in a much bigger spectrum, I think. Because in the U.K. and in in Europe... Um, well, Europe is still bigger than the U.S., though. Sure, but sports aren't that big of a deal. Soccer, soccer huge. Lacrosse. But here in the U.S., you have soccer, which has grown tremendously. You have... It is, actually. You, you have so. uh, U.S. football. You have basketball, baseball, all kinds of stuff. And there's huge seasons for all of that. And now people are going to be able to start betting on it. And getting more involved with it. And I think one of the things that has helped lead this is FanDuel. Um, what's the other one? DraftKings. DraftKings is another big one. So companies like that that are both private now will have the potential to go public and also to start profiting off of this um, because this has already gathered a huge amount of people who are involved with this kind of stuff. And now they can actually put start real money on it. Um, but also, I, I think the real value in this is not just companies like that, but the companies that are already public and already have a big base of um, consumers that they can go to, like the television companies. So, like, if you watch, um, the M- I, I don't know much about the NBA or basketball, but, like, what's the Final Four? Yeah. And what, what's Madness, NCAA basketball. And yeah, so that's what it is. Yeah. What's the tournament called? Like, the big one? Yeah, no, you March have it. Madness. March yeah, Madness. March Madness. That's right. what it yeah, is. Yeah. So... When you look at March Madness, you can find all kinds of different websites where you can pick your your uh, your brackets, right? Now, DraftKings, FanDuel, those things, they have them. But a lot of the television companies, they have theirs, and they have a big um, customer base with those. So those co- those television companies can, can start monetizing on those as well rather than just having them for free like they currently do. So I think that's a big area too. Um also, in just the past week, you've also already seen several uh, mergers and acquisitions and partners coming together, like Churchill Downs. They're the ones who obviously own Churchill Downs in Kentucky, but they also own a couple other locations around the nation um, for horse betting and other sports gambling. Um, I th- so they've already started to work with other companies to build up this base, as well as the Vegas companies like MGM, Las Vegas Sands. Um, Caesars, even Caesars C- Entertainment. Yeah. Caesars for sure. So those will start expanding tremendously as well because they're going to start trying to push those other states and um, trying to get into those other states to start profiting off of that. Um, and another big controversy is is that in Vegas, everybody thinks, oh, this is the end of Vegas. Um, nobody's going to go to Vegas anymore. And the, the, the uh, demand is going to start dropping because nobody's going to go to Vegas to bet on sports when they can do that in their hometown. Um, How many people actually go to Vegas just to bet on sports? Ex- that's the exact point I was going to bring up. I'm glad you said that because do- nobody goes to Vegas just to bet on sports. I'm sure there's a few people, but nobody goes to Vegas just to bet on sports. They go to Vegas to have a good time and to party and have a blast. And then they go bet on sports while they're there. So I think that Vegas is still going to have the big crowds that they have because that's it's just like f- finance with New York. Everybody goes to New York for finance. In the U.S., everybody goes to Vegas to gamble and to have a party. So I don't think that is going to change too much for the big companies like MGM, 
Las Vegas Sands and things like that for Vegas itself. But I think this market that's opening up to the rest of the U.S. is going to be huge. I mean, I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think it's a long, long road until we start to see um, sports gambling across the United States. Um, I, I mean, if you look at it in the lens of how we've progressed from weed being illegal to now it being in a few states, it's been years in the long road until we've gotten states that have actually even passed. I mean, Florida is still debating where they pass medical marijuana, but they still don't have recreational. Um, I mean, only a handful of states have recreational use of marijuana. It's been years, years and years since it's been. So, I mean, I think this is a long road. There's definitely money to be made, but I like the idea of money being made from taxes. Yeah. And that, see, that's the big thing that's going for the state legislatures is they see tax revenue coming in from this. Um, Yeah. But do you want to pull tax revenue to pay for schools from gambling or from recreational I mean, anything that adds economic value yeah really, exactly you know, it's, it's great and they're, they're but I, I mean that's I mean, that's my point i mean it still is going to have issues you know pulling taxes in from gambling you know but i mean what's I, the issue behind that what's the issue behind marijuana no no no, no, no we're not talking about that we're talking about the same 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 thing no it's not we're Do you want your schools to be paid for by marijuana taxes or gambling taxes they're both equally bad Sure, but I don't, I don't. do you want your roads being paid for by alcohol tax, tax on alcohol and cigarettes? I mean, these type of products, the taxes yeah, the, the come vice. in. It's the vice, the vice. It's still, I mean, they're not gonna. All states are just gonna be like, oh, let's go pass our gambling laws. No, would have done the I mean, same thing because we've seen how much money California. Or I'm sorry, uh, Colorado has pulled in from weed. Yeah, New Jersey's. So New Jersey's pushing really quick to try to get these through. Um, the other big conflict that companies will have is a lot of the Indian reservations who own a lot of the casinos around the nation are pushing that they are the only ones legally allowed to have sports gambling in their na- or in their state. So that's going to be a conflict that they'll have. Um, but so speaking of all speaking of gambling and since you brought up weed and whatever. Um, so these are all I don't, I don't know. Some people may follow this. So these are all called the, the, the sin stocks, gambling, smoking, drinking, right? Um, so there's actually a fund. There's several funds probably built around this, and it's called the vice fund because these are different vices that people have. Um, and so there's seven big stocks in that uh, fund. called The ticker is vice X. So look it up. You may want to buy into it. Um, historically, these sort of do pretty well in recession times because – when the recession hits, what do people do more of? Smoking, drinking, and gambling, the vices. So kind of interesting thing thought. Uh, just wanted to mention that. But I mean I mean some it I I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad thing. You know, some some states already have passed the bill or authorized the bill and you know, others are jumping on board to have it uh you know, have it authorized. Um so it, yeah. it's great. I, I think I think we'll see a rapid pickup of the states trying to push for this because it's, it's something that i mean well uh, do you know how many states have pushed legislation or beginning legislation to i don't know the exact yeah. number Plus, uh, each individual state will have to go through supreme court because there's people who are going to be challenging it then the united states government's going to have to get in is it still prohibited by u.s law no the supreme law? court just said yeah yeah it's, it's was that the, wait was that the supreme court of new yeah. jersey or was that the supreme no, court of the united, the united supreme states court. Yeah, yeah. the supreme court came out and said it's legal in all 50 states if oh, i'm surprised state legislators oh um, if yeah. they agree yeah so, oh, okay. so it's it's up to the states now they yeah. the u.s the government has let it go if it's off their hands it's so, it's the state's blood now wait so who on controls states, new, new jersey so right now it's west virginia and pennsylvania have already authorized you know New Jersey, Oregon, Nevada have already previously authorized some of these, you know. So New, New Jersey is going to be the big one that's pushing for it. Chris, Chris Christie is the one who kind of started this whole thing. Like he was the one who really wanted it in New Jersey and pushed it all the way up to the Supreme Court. So now it's eventually there. And New Jersey is going to open up tremendously to this, especially in Atlantic City, because that's kind of like Vegas 2.0. But I think a lot of other states are going to be opening up to this. I, I think also a lot of the states that don't really have a big industry base in those states um kind of like oklahoma like what's there to do in oklahoma nothing let's go bet on sports <laughs> north dakota i mean this you're already having mergers talk patty powers uh dublin based companies talking with fanduel 
Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We have Caesars Entertainment and Churchill, like you mentioned, and we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, positive attitude from the states. So. Exactly. So uh, it's it's a lot bigger of a market than people think, um, because I mean, j- just some of the things I heard, some people think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe twenty or thirty billion dollars in market coming. And, but I mean, it, it's a lot bigger than people think. It's, and one of the big things too, I, I, like I said earlier, I think this is a big opportunity for broadcasting companies like Comcast or, um, I mean, CBS, unfortunately, they got hit pretty hard this week. But um, I think broadcasting companies, it'll affect a lot because, so it, it, Alvin, I'll ask you this. So if you're watching a game, it, what's your favorite sports team? Well, uh, I like the anything Boston based, so Red Sox. Celtics. Okay, so the Red Sox. Yeah. You're you're watching the Red Sox game tonight. Yeah, you're interested. Great, they won. But what if you had a hundred bucks put on the game? You're going to be a whole lot more interested in it to see exactly what happens, right? Oh, absolutely. So you're going to be glued to the TV. So I think that's uh, and I mean, since everything's phone based now, I think a lot more people are going to start buying subscriptions to those um, to those broadcasting companies so they can get their live TV and live sports coverage everywhere they are. So I think this will have a lot of effect on the broadcasting companies as well. And even, you know, small, small cap companies, small, you know, small companies are going to get a t- uh, an opportunity to build and expand because now you, you could build apps and things of that nature, you know, like Robinhood. Look how huge Robinhood is because of, you know, it's, it's, it's free for new investors. They don't have to put any money into it. But, you know, small cap companies are going to be able to to grow from this. Yeah, de- definitely an interesting um, sector that I think we'll see will grow pretty quickly. And, and quickly to mention, to go to a kind of another sector that's kind of uh, coming together and consolidating is more so the, gr- like we mentioned, the grocers earlier with Kroger. Um, Do we mention o- Okada? No, not really. No. Um, so you know how... I mean, Amazon bought Whole Foods and those discounts just came out for that. Um, Kroger just got into a partnership with Okada, uh, which is a British-based company. Um, so I, 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 you see more and more consolidation coming to the grocer area and also the retail area. Um, so I think that may be a big opportunity as well to try to find some of those companies that may be bought out for different acquisitions. Yeah. I mean... Uh Whole Foods was definitely a very, uh, I don't know, I, I like the Whole Foods acquisition um, by Amazon. Um, you know, for the last year or so, maybe a little bit more, I've been, you know, calling the, the acquisitions um, and consolidation phase in the retail sector. Um, just because Amazon's being so disruptive, all these companies have to, um, you know, figure out their new strategies. So. And Walmart's doing really well with it. They have, I think it's two-hour two shipping now? On certain things, I don't know, but I, for, I forget what it is, but Walmart's doing a big push to it. I think Target's a really good opportunity in this. Yeah, yeah Target um, as well. I, I go to Target every now and then, and if you pull up into the driving lot, driving uh, parking parking lot, if you drive up into the parking lot, you see multiple spaces where you can just pull up, wait there for a minute or two, and somebody's bringing out your groceries that you pre-ordered online. So I think a lot of spaces... Um, in that area is interesting to look at. But we'll close it out here because... Um, oh, wait. No, hold on. I want to talk about, uh, just real quickly, I just want to talk about the rally in small caps that we've seen in the last few weeks. Yeah, so the the, uh, the rally in the small caps, um, you know, looking at the Russell 2000 broke out about of uh, all-time high this week. Their all-time highs this week. And, you know, the small caps have really performed really well compared to the broader market, you know, not falling as much, uh, holding its 200-day much stronger, um, bouncing back quicker. I mean, the small caps are really interesting, I think, going forward, um, you know, breaking out to all-time highs, like I said, and they're really being benefited by the stronger U.S. dollar as well, you know, compared to, you know, multinationals that struggle with a stronger dollar because of exchange exchange rates, you know, smaller companies do well um, with a strong dollar. So I think small caps are a good area to watch out for now. Um, you know, might consider to rotate some money into small caps. I mean, personally, I don't have a lot in small caps. Um, so it might be something to watch at me, you know, maybe some small cap financials or HCLP. Uh, regional banks um, or HCLP, but that's, that's commodities driven. So, yeah. Um, and what's doing great now, small caps and commodities. Yeah. A, a lot, a lot of people were putting, you know, a lot of investors were putting a lot of money into large cap companies while the small cap companies were just rallying behind them. You, know, you didn't really, 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 hear too really much under about the it. radar yeah. Yeah, lately. I mean, the, everyone expected these corporate tax cuts to really affect 
huge companies, you know, large cap, mega cap. And all they did were buybacks and dividends. Yeah, and they're, so, I mean, they're, they're, I mean that's great too, don't get me wrong. But I mean, small cap companies, you know, I think are going to benefit as well, you know, going forward. So it'll be interesting to watch out they're for. They're up 5.3%. The Russell 2000 index, you know, outperforming the S&P 500 and the Dow. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, huge. they're running with the NASDAQ, you know, tech-heavy NASDAQ. So it's, you know, small caps are gone. They're it's here. Interesting. They're, they're chugging they're along. Yeah, they're chugging along. They're chugging along. So looking ahead, we got a pretty big week going coming up this week. Um, Sunday we have Venezuela elections, which I think will have a pretty large effect on um, oil. If anybody reads the Economist, there's a good article in there. Off Check the it out. Oh yeah, off the record, yeah. we, the U.S. election was rigged too, apparently. But we're not going to get into that. Yeah. So <laughs> Venezuela elections on Sunday. Tuesday, Trump meets with uh, President Moon from South Korea. Wednesday, the FOMC meet minutes come out. Um, Friday. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that that's a big day. Wednesday's a big day. Friday, the Saint, there's a Saint Petersburg Forum in Russia with Putin and um, oh, he's not going to be Macron. in our Saint Petersburg. No, um, and Friday, central bankers speak. So, wait, which central bankers? Was it U.S. central? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think it's I think it's EU. Um, Draghi. Yeah. So there's a lot of things happening, especially Wednesday and Friday are the big days to watch out for. Is there any like this coming GDP? week? Or inflation? I'm not too no, sure. Those, those are the big geopolitical um, things, and also with the Fed. So big things to watch out. What else? What else do you have coming up this week? I mean, not not very much for next week. I mean, you know, like you said, we have you know the central bank, um, you know, things going on next week. You know, this week we've had you know a lot of um, you know inflation and GDP data. Just looking at some of the economic data next week. Um, you know, looking at it, we don't really have too many days. It looks like Monday, um, Germany and Canada have a holiday, so their uh, stock markets are stock markets are closed. Um, we do get German GDP next week, um, along with a little bit of p- some PMIs from the eurozone. Um, so you know we can gauge some of this inflation moving forward. It'll be interesting to see um, how that plays out on the ECB uh, meetings uh, later in the week. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it seems like every week something huge happens. It's I, I love it because 2017 was kind of a, you know it was a quiet year not too much happened but 2018 it's like every every week something big's happening, um, so dollars on the rise, oils on the rise, interest rates are on the rise, Inter- interest rate interest rates are on the rise so a lot's and happening a lot to keep in touch with. Re- real quick, real quick, Frank, uh, I do want to ask you and you you know you don't have to go too in depth with this but you know because you're more of the bear so I really want to ask you do you think stocks are at intrinsic value right now or you know the the market values are exceeding i don't know so i mean there's so it's it's interesting to look at what's going on with the actual charts of the s&p because it, it looks like we're breaking out a little Wait, bit more alvin did you ask about intrinsic value so charts don't matter then at that point so i mean on a price to earnings multiple do you think do you think um i think the question you're trying to get is yeah, do you stocks reflect oh you didn't okay my fault the intrinsic then part. i'm sorry um yeah so i mean um you know do you think stocks are fairly priced at this point overpriced you probably don't think they're value stocks right now but i mean it, i don't know it's interesting it's definitely come down a little bit i mean if you look at the pe multiples from um uh, Late January, when we were at the peak, to now, they've definitely come they down were a little bit. High at that point. Yeah, exactly. They've come down a bit. So the values, you can say the values there now. Um, going off from the value point and looking at the technicals of it, we're at a point where we're kind of breaking through, and it looks like we may be going headed up to the upside also. But there's a lot of charts that also show that we may be coming down a little bit more again. I mean, we um, did on a technical basis. You're right. You know, we did pop above that resistance on our downward. Yeah, um, but then we uh, came flag. back down just a and little we're bit starting. I that. think so we're going to correct back to that average. And I think, in my opinion, I think we're going to kind of just still kind of trade sideways for yeah, the next month or so. That's that's what, what do we really about. have coming up. I mean, there's you know? a, there's a yeah. lot of things that are coming up, and who knows with the but geo- like in terms of like stock specific. Yeah, so there there's nothing going to be happening in the next month or two with earnings because there's not much earnings coming out. I think a lot what's going to play into the next two months is geopolitical risks and also just random stuff that happens. I mean, you you look at how many random things popped up over the last few months. It's crazy. So many things happened with Trump coming out with whatever new 
so I, I don't know. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of geopolitical risk out there. And I think that's, that's going to be the main, when you think of the main theme of 2018, I think geopolitical, geopolitical. risks are going to be, the I main think interest thing. rates too. central banks around yeah, the world that, that is too. definitely something. Midterm to watch. elections. But, and, yeah. So yeah. Midterm elections too yeah. coming up. Midterm this, elections this, also this in June. Month. There's, the f- I think that's when they're going to ra- raise the interest rates again at the Fed. I think that's an I expect the next one. So, is yeah. there like any sector? Uh, I feel like you're going to say oil and gas, but any sectors you'd be in in terms of the value plays that you see? So, I like like you said, oil and gas. I think is the big value play right now, especially with the rising prices in oil. Um, I think the pipelines are going to benefit a lot because the pipelines right now are maxed out. Um, and that's, that's going to be a big, that's going to have a big effect on the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, um, I mean, personally, I'm still a fan of financials. I see, I yeah. still think they're very I think cheap, not, I maybe, guess not maybe cheap, not in the they, short run. Good. Maybe not in the short run. I think in the long it's run, it's going to be a year or more play. if you want to yeah. hold it. Financials, financials are a good player definitely. for the long run. Mm-hmm. I think Goldman Sachs too. I think I saw, an, I think it was an article today, Lloyd Blankfein was uh so what do to December, resign right? i think yeah i think so, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them i own the stock in disclosure but i think their their value is much higher right now than where it is yeah so alvin do you have any specific uh no i i really like uh what i saw well you know in the future for home depot target's doing really great and I you like know target, i was yeah. looking at uh raymond james like i told you earlier it's it had a great rally in the last week and a half so yeah i mean i'll have to look into that but raymond james you know is an outstanding company so yeah i mean if you want to look at retail too i I didn't look through the walmart report yet but i think walmart might be an interesting play because if you think who's really going to compete so i think in the long run um not only financials are a big play in the long run but also the retailers if you're buying into retail right now i think it's a long-term play because with the short-term rise in oil prices um i think that'll start to affect the retails industry a a much uh, a great amount um so i think if you're buying into retail at this point you might want to look into hanging on to the long run or waiting a little bit to to see how the oil prices will affect them because while Walmart and Target may be a great play right now, and several of the other retailers we mentioned, like Macy's, eventually, especially in the next quarter, it's the oil prices are going to start affecting it. Yeah. So I mean, that's one thing to keep in mind. But um, we'll close it out. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Um, check us out on Twitter at The Market Mungle. The Market Mumble. Uh, make sure to send us your questions um, and also comments and let us know what you want to hear about. Um, we're open to any suggestions. So have a great week, and we'll we'll – hear you next week we'll hear you next week (laughs) we'll we'll see you guys next week. week